0: it's wednesday welcome back to another edition of Weatherwise, the podcast here from the meteorologist at 47 abc wmdt we are located in salisbury maryland for those of you who are listening from outside of delmarva we cover delmarva weather that's that's our focus but we cover the national weather scene and also any big events going on around the world? We'd like to talk anything. Weather. I'm here this week with meteorologist Ulysses Garcia. Ulysses, what's up? Uh, I'm I'm doing great. You know, just uh,
1: here, looking forward to the some uh, nicer weather we're gonna have this weekend. But um... I know,
0: man, I can't wait for that. We finally get a drop in the humidity and temperature, finally. at least a little bit of a drop, to the point where I would say. I don't want to use the word comfortable this time of the year. It's hard to use that word, right? But after what we've been through the past several weeks, would you agree this is probably going to be comfortable?
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, I think I think the word comfortable, like in the in the in the context that we've had previously, I guess it's appropriate to use it. And I think we're getting closer towards uh, you know getting closer towards that taste of autumn eventually. You yeah,
0: know? yeah, we're feeling that coming up. Um, man, it's been nice to uh, at least see that show up in our seven day forecast going forward. Looking at the long range uh, models here the past several days, I. I was almost hesitant to start putting in the forecast because i didn 't want to get anybody 's hopes up too much, including my own, because <laughs> you know six, seven, eight days out things can change, but the overall pattern itself on a larger scale is shifting more toward uh, slightly cooler temperatures maybe, and not maybe even not slightly lower humi- well slightly lower humidity, but not lower than normal humidity, but humidity that it's easier to deal with when the temperature's not so hot in the afternoon, right?
1: No, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely, you know, tolerable, uh, definitely more um, manageable, definitely to the point where, you know, you can even do some outdoor activities and, you know, you don't have to be as uh, as worried as you usually are, you know, during uh, the peak, you know, when we have the peak heat, you know.
0: Yeah, out of the danger zone. uh, As we talked about, heat indices 100 or above several afternoon and early evenings uh, the past couple weeks, so... Finally gonna be getting a break from that, nice to know. We've had a lot of active weather. It seems like every week we talk about that during this time of the year, it's very common, but more than, more than just active weather, more than just thunderstorms, for those of you listening from outside of the area, we had a very unique event happen, um, a tornado on one of our islands, just off of uh, the western coast of Delmarva in the Chesapeake Bay, an island called Smith Island. It's in Somerset County, uh, Maryland. And uh, it was a day where we were uh, tracking thunderstorms on August 4th, and we thought that there was going to be severe weather, and there was. Overall picture was going to be for straight-line winds. Uh, in the you know, middle shore area, upper shore of Del Delmarva, that's where our focus was in the afternoon and early evening. And then this very strange situation happened where this small thunderstorm, it was so small that on the radar, it didn't show any signatures, at least during the brief time that this storm existed that uh, there was any worries of uh, tornadoes or anything like that. But what was it, Ulysses? The Weather Service put out initially a marine warning, right, for these storms that were nearby yeah. for the chance for water spouts. And, um, and for those of you listening, a water spout essentially is a tornado over water. Yeah. You know, when they move on land, we call them tornadoes at that point. So, um, and it was just interesting to watch this storm develop. And I'm, you can't see it at home, obviously, looking at a radar picture here. The storm was so small that the core of it, Took up basically the size of Smith Island. If you were going to look on a map here, um, you'll see just how small this island is. It's just due west of Crisfield on the southern tip of Somerset County in southern Maryland. But that storm, almost like a mini supercell, developed over land, over the island, briefly retained some rotation, which developed a waterspout. It came ashore as a tornado. But most times when that happens, these waterspouts diminish as they come on land. I mean, they can cause destruction, certainly. But they're not very strong on the typical order of what we see with tornadoes. But in this case, the waterspout made landfall and then actually intensified. And for those of you listening, you can check this out on my Facebook and Twitter. I saw the video posted from this dramatic video of this waterspout becoming this strong tornado. And it's like something you would see in the Midwest, like a drill bit tornado. It has that look of a drill bit literally going across the land as it was moving um, across the island. It was just um, unbelievable how that happened. Unbelievable that really we have one injury and thankfully they're gonna be okay, that nobody else got hurt or, you know, thankfully died from this. Uh, The destruction took out a lot of buildings, right? From what you saw. yeah, And a collapsed home. There were several small buildings, houses, rental units. Um, You know, it's an island, so there's a lot of boating uh, type structures there that were impacted by this. Um, But uh, just kind of amazing how this transpired so quickly, looking at some of the videos to a wall cloud, well-developed wall cloud, you could see that producing the water spout, eventually becoming the tornado. From a distance, you could see that this was such a small storm, such what we call a high base storm, where the bottom, where the, essentially the tornado comes out of, is so high in the sky that I would say from most vantage points around this storm, the sun was probably out. That's the crazy thing about it, being able to see a tornado while the sun's out, so just such a strange thing that happened, Ulysses. And we're, as of this podcast here on Monday, the National Weather Service from Wakefield still hasn't completed a storm survey. Um, no, yeah. Part of the problem with that is, and you could probably attest to this, right, from being in this market so long, it's a problem getting to the island, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just, um, just getting here to Delmarva from you know, Wakefield, just the fact that they have to go you know, around. Uh, you know, the tunnel and the bridge and then the fact that they now have to also do an extra mode of transportation with a, a boat to get to the island. So it's definitely more of a transportation mean just because the fact that this is really just going to be uh, more of a mission just to get there than to do the actual survey. Itself. Right. So. Getting
0: there and you bring up a good point about just to get there. Like you, you mentioned what the Weather Service has to do. The Wakefield office is in southeast Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only way for delmarva there's three main routes to get here and one of it's that southern route that you were talking about the tunnel um and and the bridge eventually going from virginia beach essentially norfolk virginia beach to the southern tip of delmarva northampton county and then riding up that way that in itself is a long trek but the problem with even if you get to chrisfield you have to still take a ferry. And yeah, some of those right. ferries run one time a day. And when I say one, it's like you're either going there or you're coming back. But going there and coming back is not a guarantee in one day. So I know that day we sent down Rob Flax, one of our reporters here at 47 ABC. And um, thankfully, we had somebody local that agreed to take us there um, because the idea was for him to get onto the island, do the report, and then come off the island in time for the news. We needed some extra help to do that. Um, oh, yeah. so very tough to access that makes it tough for those folks out there the first responders um, also to be able to deal with something like this
1: yeah and also another thing to add is because now we're a couple of days after the storm now where it's um, luckily we haven't had any other type of weather to really uh, you know mess up the damages because I know like if say we would have had extra storms that came through days after that would have really made the the survey um, more vague, but also the fact that people do need to clean up. So it's also we're, we're also kind of running against the clock too, to before things start trying to get back to normalcy again. So right. it's like hopefully we get this survey done because you know people do need to go on with their lives. You know? Right.
0: And what Ulysses is touched on more about that with the survey is basically what the Weather Service does is um, they take a look at um, the damage, uh, not just the path of it. So you can see how long the path was, those particulars. But also they take a look at the damage because that can tell them how strong the winds were. And to be able to put a rating on it, the EF scale, Mm -hmm. um, EF zero being the smallest tornado, weakest tornado, EF five being the strongest. And, you know, these are relative terms. I think to anybody, an EF one, that's considered a weak tornado on that scale. But for an island, for a waterspout, that's considered a strong tornado. And there's talks that this could be at least EF one strength. Um, And we're talking about winds like 110, 120 miles per hour, even stronger. So when the Weather Service is able to do that, uh, they will have that out. And we'll probably have that in the next podcast. But while we're here, we can actually take a look at the storm. A lot of people are asking, what was going on with it? It did not have a tornado warning on it. No. Um, And in defense, again, of the situation here, that storm evolved so quickly, dissipated so quickly. It was so small. But also, it was in a spot where it's difficult for the radar beam to get into the storm and actually see if there is a tornado or not. The the deal with tornadoes, they're very um, low-lying events within a thunderstorm in the atmosphere. They occur um, at the surface, obviously, the tornado, but the rotation and a lot of the mechanics of the storm that create the tornado, that's happening very close to the surface. So where this island is located, it is located in what's called kind of a dead spot with the Weather Service radars. Um, the one radar that we, we, the National Weather Service and us here at WMDT would be looking at for this storm is 64 miles away. And that's the radar just outside of Milford, Delaware. And that uh, would mean that that low-level scan, along with the curvature of the earth, would put that radar beam several thousand feet in the sky by the time it would get to that storm. And then the next closest radar is out of the Wakefield office, 86 miles away. So that storm basically it was sitting where two National Weather Service radar beams were essentially kind of going over top of where any tornadic circulation would be. And that also made it difficult to track the storm. But I would say the evolution of it that quickly probably made it really difficult. Even if there was a warning on it, it would only have been on there for a few minutes. And I think a lot of people out in the island that day, you know, there was no anticipation for this. And, um, Thankfully, it was easy to see, right? I mean, that thing coming ashore. the videos we're looking at, it, you know, this wasn't like um, a rain-wrapped tornado sometimes that we get, uh, you know, in other parts of Del Delmarva. So um, very interesting situation. Thankfully, again, um, a lot more could have happened and didn't as far as uh, threat to life. Uh, but there is a lot of cleanup to be done. So we're going to keep kind of keeping an eye on this and get back to you on our next podcast with uh, the... Official report from the National Weather Service. Hopefully we'll have that by then. But Ulysses, we talked about the heat and an interesting thing with the heat. We've had a lot of um, severe weather, a lot of very strong thunderstorms, a lot of rain that has fallen. But not necessarily in the way that we're typically used to seeing here in Del Delmarva. You want to talk about that?
1: So, yeah, so I know um, compared to the last couple of years, this, we've dealt with actually a good amount of rain the last three months. I know here in Salisbury, we've dealt with at least five inches of rain. And pretty much since you started, Rich, uh, we were in a drought when you, before you got here. And then once you came here, you kind of rot all the storms here. because I'm sorry. It's been nonstop to a degree. Um, but, yeah, the but when it comes to these storms, we've been getting a lot of these... Um, we have gone, you know, uh, thunderstorms from, you know, frontal systems over the last couple of months, but lately it's been more just heat-induced thunderstorms, just daytime heating in the afternoon, and then they kind of tend to fizzle out as we make our way into the evening. But what's interesting about these storms is that they're either happening in the same areas, or and there's actually a few spots on Del Marva that are just kind of just been, have not seen anything, and it's ironic that Um, The latest drought monitor has indicated that there are parts of Delaware, especially just east of Millsboro and over the Indian River outlet, that are under a moderate drought. So pretty much there's been thunderstorms uh, mostly focused lately. We've been noticing mostly over the mid-shore, the upper shore. Those areas have really been seeing a lot more rain lately, even into Salisbury as well. But then areas like towards Georgetown and just points to the east, um, they've really been that little bit of the dry pocket. And that's the thing when it comes to these um, heat-induced thunderstorms that we've been getting. And even these thunderstorms from these frontal systems, um, you know, they tend to lose a little bit of gas as they make their right way here, is that they're becoming a little more isolated. They're more scattered. And, you know, we it's... For us meteorologists, you know, all we can say is that, you know, we have the chance of thunderstorms every day, but we can't give you the exact location, and that yeah. really has been the case here. And it's kind of have been uh, verified to a degree with the fact that there is a moderate drought in over parts of Sussex County, but yet most of Delmarva has been overall pretty good when it comes to rainfall. But uh, the good news, though, I do think that there has been some good news when it comes to that part of Delaware because I think on Thursday itself with that um that tornado in Smith Island areas towards the north there was under um, some severe thunderstorm warnings and special weather statements that a good amount of storms did push through parts of Delaware. So hopefully we'll see a better, uh, better news in the drought monitor as we go into tomorrow on Thursday um, when it comes to uh, the situation there. But yeah, definitely this summer it has been um, um, it's definitely the thunderstorms have been trickier to um, you know pinpoint where they're exactly going to be happening um, across the area.
0: So that it's, you bring up that, too, that with this recent rains, hopefully that knocks down the drought situation in Sussex County. It's also interesting that as we've gone through this um, situation with them being drier than the rest of Delmarva, and you've probably noticed this, too, when forecasting high temperatures each day, drought begets drought, but also drought begets kind of the dry conditions that produce hotter days because there's less moisture available, so your actual air, air temperature could be a little higher. Yeah. And I've noticed that Georgetown... And some of those places in Sussex County were running a degree or two higher than what we usually were forecasting for them because they were so much drier than the rest of Delmarva. They're already one of the hottest spots of Delmarva, and they were becoming even hotter, I noticed. And so I thought that that was a very interesting um, scenario, but it did lend credence to what you are talking about with the drought situation there and a very small-scale situation. Delmarva is, is not that large Uh, geographically speaking, compared to like the mid-Atlantic. So usually when we talk about areas of drought or areas of um, too much rain, anything that that's significantly one direction or another is usually a larger geographic area. And in this case, we're talking about an area that um, is extremely small, really. So it's kind of fascinating from that standpoint, because as you mentioned, we usually get rains that are a little more spread out, not these, you know, what would be considered inland-type thunderstorms where things are unevenly doled out with uh, the way the cells develop. And you get these slow-moving cells that can dump two, three inches of rain in one spot, and then 15 miles down the road, somebody barely got any rain across the area. So, all right. So we, uh, we dealt with that, and uh, we talk about the uneven rain across the area. And now, one last thing to talk about, the tropics, right? Yeah, the-
1: yeah, the tropics. So I know that uh, this weekend we finally, uh, for almost a month of dormancy, it's been uh, really quiet in July just because of the fact that we have been dealing with the Saharan dust coming out of Africa. And that's usually something that helps. That's usually common in July and very early August. And that tends to make its way towards, um, you know, parts of the southeast. And um, here on Del Maro, we probably have gotten it at times, but maybe not as noticeable as other years um, when it comes to the Saharan dust. So we probably haven't talked about it as much, but it's been more of an influence in Florida. But that's the hair and dust has really kept things really quiet until this past weekend, when we finally got our first um, outlook from the National Hurricane Center, saying a disturbance coming off the coast of Africa, and now it's starting to show medium chances of development. So now seeing that 40 to 60 percent range, and the next name on the list is Danielle. And keep in mind that we're now entering that time of the year where we're starting to get, start seeing disturbances coming off the coast of Africa. So it's that Cape Verde, uh, Cape Verde season. Um, right now. So we're getting closer towards the peak of hurricane season. So um, even though so far we've kind of been a lot quieter than what it's been the last couple of years because we've only gone to three storms. Um, don't be fooled though. We're, um, you know, things will start acting up very, very shortly, you know,
0: right. And we're keeping an obviously close eye on that here in the mid Atlantic, because not only do we see you talk about the most active time of the season has not even, uh, you know, approached or begun, um, at least in the mid-Atlantic, we could be dealing with tropical storms or, uh, you know, decaying systems that mm-hmm. have come in from the Gulf that have worked their way up through the southeast and impacting us. We could see that all the way through October. Yeah. yeah. So, and, 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 you know, with Delmarva, it's never to say less the risk of a direct hit from a hurricane, but really we, we do have to con- be concerned with these tropical systems that may be at their core not very strong as far as winds are concerned, but the spawned, thunderstorms within them that already have you know a, a characteristic of spin to them in the atmosphere that produce isolated tornadoes mm-hmm. and that's uh, really a big threat for us in this part of the country we saw that with the East IAS and some events here the past several years where um, it's less about the speed of the tropical storm or tropical depression winds it's more about the tornadoes that they bring yeah um, and along with that of course the, the very heavy rain and the difficult driving conditions to go along with that so yeah we've got uh, we're, we're getting to that time of the season. We have to be prepared here, and there's a lot of uh, things that you can do at home if you're listening to us from a hurricane prone area here in Del Marva or elsewhere to get yourself prepared for um, those type of storms coming through. Um, and we tend to post that from time to time on our social media accounts to talk about it on the news, of course. And the National Weather Service, National Hurricane Center, part of the uh, overall NOAA umbrella, they have, they do a really good job with a lot of information online, so you could check that out at nhc.gov. But uh, I think that's it for us, man. We had a lot to talk about this week, didn't we? Especially no, yeah. with the Smith we, Island tornado.
1: No, yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, we're, we're t- we talked about severe weather. We talked a little bit about how we have localized area drought and then the fact that we're, the tropics are beginning to heat up. And, you know, it's kind of uh, kind of just uh, August so far here. So, uh, But, that's like, it. you know, we talked at the very beginning of the podcast. So we're finally going to get uh, some, uh, you know, really uh, some of the best weather we've probably had in about uh, about a month or so, maybe – a month or so with uh, just a weekend coming up. You know, yeah,
0: you heard that here from Ulysses, man. Some of the best weather we've had in a month or so. That that's good to hear that. I'm, I'm so looking forward to that. I know that a lot of people agree with me looking forward to me cutting back on that electric bill from the air conditioning running so much. And nice. for those of you who haven't been using the AC or don't have it, um, this will also make for some finally comfortable nights. We're leaving the windows open. Yeah, not a bad thing. Yeah, be able low, to sleep with 60s. some comfortable air. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm definitely looking forward to that. But uh, we're going to keep an eye on things here. We're going to have a lot to talk about again the next week here on WeatherWise next Wednesday. So we always appreciate you uh, checking in with us. You can always email us any questions, any comments, anything you'd like us to cover here on the podcast at weather at WMDT.com. Check us out uh, via email and we'll certainly get back to you and maybe talk about the subject here on WeatherWise. So for another additional WeatherWise, I'm Chief Meteorologist Rich Worsick here with Lisa Garcia. We'll see you next Wednesday.